Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Halloween isn't just for the kids. A Westland haunted house features three secret bars with themed cocktails as part of the experience. In Flint, the ghosts and goodies are back at Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad. The fall colors are still impressive on Muskegon's Depot to Depot fall color tour, and the hunt for the Reds of October continues. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I'm so happy that you've joined us again this week as we get to explore the great state of Michigan. And at this time of the year, of course, Halloween is on everybody's mind. So we're going to spend the entire show telling you about various attractions, various events, various things you can see and do around the state over the next couple of weeks in your celebration of the Halloween season. Let's start it out in Westland. Let's uh, bring in Cody Bailey. He is the founder and owner of what's called the Hush Haunted Attraction. Cody, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, you're going to have to tell me about the Hush Haunted Attraction. This is a relatively new one to me. I just know very little bit. I know you're in Westland, and I know that you're not in a traditional home. You're in a kind of a bigger building. So why don't you tell us where you are first and then give us a little picture of, of what the place looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So we are located in Westland, like you said, at uh, 37550 Cherry Hill. That's a corner of Cherry Hill and Newburgh, um, the industrial section kind of of the city. Uh, as you said, we are in a like somewhat like a warehouse. Um, it's about 42,000 square feet all in. And... This is our 10th season in operation. 10th season already. I don't know why I didn't know about you before, but uh, <laughs> ha- happy that we're meeting now. So uh, this this sounds like a lot of fun, and it's a little bit different than what you'll find at most haunted houses. You know, typically they'll be uh, kind of on the outskirts of town or maybe on the, um, you know, the edge of some big cornfield or something like that. Here you're, um, you're kind of in an industrial building. Uh, now, is this building completely uh, just just used by you, or, or do they have other things going on there? Yeah, this is uh, it's 100% our building. The haunted house is set up in probably about 75% of it, and then uh, I also have a axe-throwing bar that's located in an open year-round. Oh, cool. The people love those things. So so now, the, the real big difference with your attraction is that not only do you have this haunted attraction for uh, just about, you know, people of just about any age, I understand, but you also have kind of like three hidden bars along the way. So explain how that works. Yeah, so we just started that this year. We actually partnered with a, a group in California that used to run the haunted attraction on the Queen Mary Epic Entertainment Group to start a uh, a secret bar program. So essentially there's three different haunted houses, I mean, three different bars throughout the haunted house. 
Um, and there's two different ways that you can get access into those bars. You can purchase a bar crawl pass or bar creep pass that will give you guaranteed access to all three. Or you can interact with our line actors, our support staff at the front door, security, and you may be gifted a token that will give you um, entry into one of those hidden bars. But you also have to find that bar as you're going through. Well, you know, a lot of these haunted attractions, by interacting with the staff, that quite often might mean something that's going to be a little scary. So, uh, so uh, how does that? How is that going to work? Yeah. Um, so, well, you're. Yeah, we have an entire downtown uh, New Orleans street that we built that you kind of wait in. So there's about half a dozen different uh, actors and other staff that's up there as well. So you'll they'll come through and they'll talk to you other. It may be a little scary at times when you're also trying to get that interaction, but that's how you're going to get that token to get into one of those bars. Ah, very good. Now, do you have different themes um, along the the attraction, or is this kind of like one big haunted uh, place, and uh, at times you might be able to kind of sneak away at one of the bars? Yeah, so there's uh, inside the haunted house, there's uh, three different attractions. Um, they're all linked together, but there's a st- distinct break. Each one is a different theme. You're going to start off first in a hidden temple, um, kind of based on uh, Angkor Wat from Cambodia. Hmm. Uh, the second one's going to be a New Orleans-style cemetery, and then the third is going to be uh, a Victorian Gothic-era mansion. Um, and then the bars uh, flow with those different themes. So your first bar is actually in that waiting area, which is the Bourbon Street section, so it's kind of a a New Orleans Bourbon Street bar. The second one is Base Camp, which is after the temple, and it's kind of modeled after an Indiana Jones-style archaeology camp. And then the last one is the distillery, which is off the front of the mansion in the carriage house, and that also has a vampire theme going with it. I got it. Now, of course, the bars are for adults, but um, for the rest of the attraction, is this basically for any age or or do you do you suggest a certain age and up uh we always suggest uh 13 and up just because of the different scenes and the you know the levels of scares that we're using but it's up to the parents discretion in the end yeah got it now uh give me give me that location where you are again one more time we are in westland at 37550 cherry hill road Got right it. Corner Cherry Hill, Newburgh. Yep. It's the Hush Haunted Attraction in Westland. Totally different. I, in fact, I can't think of any others where they, they do what you're doing there. And I do like the idea that you have three different attractions as part of this. So it'd be a, a fun uh, fun time. Now, do people get their tickets in advance or do they just kind of show up? Um, you can buy them online. Most of our people do currently. It's just easier. You don't have to wait in that ticket line when you get here or anything. But we do have a box office if you don't want to purchase online so that website to purchase your tickets in advance and to get a a better idea of you know what age group would be appropriate to attend that website is hush haunted attractions with an s dot com hush haunted attractions dot com to find out more about the uh, hush haunted attraction in westland our thanks to cody bailey for being with us today you know i'm not a big haunted house fan, but this sounds a little bit different. I might just have to check this out. Hope you do as well. I'll give you that website one more time. HushHauntedAttractions.com. We're going to head to Flint next. And if you've not been to Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad, it's time you go. We'll tell you about that next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.
Network. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. As I told you at the very beginning of the program, today's entire program, we're going to be talking about Halloween type of events and attractions and things to do, places to go. But, you know, the thing is, a lot of these places that um, we're going to be uh, talking about here offer experiences year-round in different things, including the next place we're going to talk about. This place is really spectacular. If you've never been to the Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad in Flint, in Genesee County, you're really missing out on something. First off, Genesee County Park System is the largest park system in the state. They offer a variety of really exceptional park experiences. I mean, really, really good things to do and see. But uh, Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad is a really cool thing any time of the year. We're going to find out what's happening there by bringing in Barry June. Barry is the director of the Genesee County Parks and Recreation Commission. Barry, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. Well, you know, I'm as you could tell, I'm a big fan of Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad. You know, everybody loves the Henry Ford and uh, places like Gilmore Car Museum. And in this case, in the Flint area, you have your version of this this really unique community where you're uh, paying homage to history, but you also have a lot of really cool things to uh, see and do. Before we get into the Halloween, tell us a little bit about Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad. Well, the Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad were created by a bicentennial project for the Genesee County uh, Commissioners back in 1976. And their idea was to bring uh, different buildings in from different communities in Genesee County to create a village that represented the 1880s in Genesee County. And so they've got a mill from the village of Atlas. They've got a hotel from Attica. Um, they've got a opera house from Fenton, and they put all these things into a small village, and then it was built on an old rail line that went from Flint out to Otter Lake. Hmm. And so they put all this together, and it, it gives us a venue to do all kinds of cool things uh, to represent the past and the present. Well, it's an interesting era for, for them to uh, have decided to kind of replicate because we were in that, uh, you know, that big industrial boom period that was was starting and about to go into automotive in a serious way but not yet uh, very interesting period so there were there were some significant buildings moved tell us about the various buildings that are on the on your campus today so we have the Caldwell Opera House uh, which is a, 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 the opera house that was in the, the, villa, the city of Fenton and it actually has a theater in it as well as it, it's attached to another building that uh, holds our general store of that period, uh, as well as our offices and a food uh, establishment. And then across the street is the Attica Hotel, and then the Village Print Shop is down the street, along with the Mason Inn. And then further down we have the bar, our Fowler Barbershop, um, and we have a couple of different town halls. We have the Monday Township Hall as well as the Coldwater Church and the Stanley Schoolhouse. Uh, so those are the primary um, buildings in there, as well as some uh, old barns that were used in the early automotive stages from our early automotive pioneers where they built their first vehicle. And we have a couple of those, the Durant Carriage Works and uh, the uh, Calkins Barn. So there's lots of things to see, as well as we have our um, the Parker Ferris Wheel and the our Parker Carousel out there. 
for, yep. for all our kids. Well, and that's that's really, I think, what makes this really unique with, with the Ferris wheel, the carousel, and, of course, the train. But you have this great collection of buildings as well. Do you actually have shows in that opera house? We do. We have magic shows. Um, we have plays. We have, Almost every day that we're open, we have some kind of uh, event in the opera house. And how about the railroad? I, I know uh, I haven't even been on the railroad, the train there in a long time, but do you actually operate that still? Yes, we do. We have uh, two uh, narrow-gauge steam locomotives we operate, as well as a diesel uh, electric, and all the cars are from that vintage period, um, a lot of them from the Denver and Rio Grande uh, Railroad. They're all wood. And it really gives you the true experience that the pioneers would have when they rode on those trains. And think about that area when you were riding a horse and you were going three miles an hour. Yeah. So you get in a train and you're doing 12 miles an hour like, wow, we're really moving. This is this is getting things done here. Yeah, it had to feel like a spaceship uh, to them back then. It's pretty cool. And, and my, uh, great, my great uncle actually lived out uh, northeast of Flint, and he wrote a story of his life story how they would go um, to town on Saturday morning to catch the train into Flint to visit the relatives. And we call it the Huckleberry Railroad because it once passed through uh, Huckleberry Grove. Huh. And the, it went so slow that you could get off the front car get out and pick a handful of huckleberries and get out in the last car on the way to town. Oh, cool. Well, it's a neat place. Now, before we go any further, whereabouts are you located? We're on Bray Road, just uh, north of the city of Flint in Genesee Township. Very easy to access off I-69 and 75. And um, just look us up on geneseecountyparks.org, and we have directions there on how to find us. And if I remember right, that uh, train ride was about a half hour, 45 minutes, something like that. Um, just a, it's just a lot of fun. And, of course, at this time of the year, Halloween's just a short time away. You're all dressed up for the Halloween holiday. Uh, what are some of the things that we can look forward to seeing when we visit uh, at this time? Well, we, we pride ourselves on having a, a safe and not very scary experience for our younger kids. And so you can come to our village and just like a village in your hometown and back in the day you can take your kids around to the to the trick-or-treat stops in the village we have 10 trick-or-treat stops as well as uh, cider and donuts at the end have the villages decorated just it just looks great and uh, there also you can ride the carousel and the ferris wheel and and see all that we have lots of decorations as well as picture taking opportunities with uh with displays and so it's it's, it's a lot of fun i was um it just reminds me i was i was in germany uh just a little while ago on a sales mission and um talked to one of our colleagues who had just gotten back from michigan from a vacation and he had cider and donuts for the first time apparently that's not a thing in europe so he thought it was fantastic I do too, so I can't wait to visit. Now, you, you mentioned um, it's not very scary, so so this is really something for the whole family. Oh, absolutely. And when we have a great display along the train tracks, it's really outstanding. Uh, you know, we call it the Ghost Train Express, and it's a 40-minute ride through the fall foliage as well as um, we have a display areas all along the tracks, the four miles of tracks that we have, and it, it's really cool to see uh, what our staff has put together. And our staff builds all these displays and paints them all. So 
it's really everybody we've had generations of people that have come to come to Halloween just to see what's new this year what have you what kind of crazy thing have you guys come up with this year <laughs> yeah I bet now you mentioned uh, that you have magic shows at times at the uh, opera house itself so do you have that for the holiday Halloween season as well yes we do we have a magic show in the Caldwell Opera House now now how long are you going to be offering this Halloween theme so it goes through Halloween the 31st do you almost immediately then start to get ready for Christmas New Year's all that uh, right, we open for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving, so it doesn't give us a lot of time. But you know, our staff has had a lot of practice, and we get all the Halloween stuff down and all the Christmas stuff up in about two weeks. Yeah, I bet you do. Well, it's it's a really cool thing to do, and as I always try to tell all my friends who haven't been to uh, the Flint area in a while, you should really uh, head out to Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad, enjoy the Halloween experience, and then make sure to take some time to go downtown Flint. Make sure to do that because you're going to be really impressed. If you haven't been there for a while, head to downtown, check out that farmer's market, look at the beautiful theaters, and just check out what's happening in Flint today. You're going to want to come back. And, uh, of course, even though you're going to be there for the Halloween experience now, you're going to want to come back to the Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad over the Christmas holidays as well enjoy all they have to offer. I want to thank Barry June for joining us today and remind you that the website to visit is geneseecountyparks.org. We're going to head to Muskegon next to check out another depot to depot during the fall color season here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. One of the best things about our state is that we have these four very distinct seasons, and this is one of my favorites. If you listen to this program often, you probably hear me say how much I love winter, and I do, but I think it's that kind of ramp up to winter that's just as delightful because, you, you know, we go through that long summer, and I'm not a big heat fan, but I certainly love this transition of this cool time of the year, when you start to see those fall colors really start to kick in and we're getting ready to really start seriously about winter time and think about all that stuff, I can't wait for that. But let's not push it too far. Let's let's t- kind of take in the fall season as we can. And we're going to do that by, by uh, being in the West Michigan area, Muskegon, to find out what's happening there during their Depot to Depot Fall Color Tour activity. We're bringing in Caitlin Hegedus. She is the marketing and operations manager for Visit Muskegon. Caitlin, it is starting to look really beautiful around the Muskegon area. Hi, Dave. It sure is. I'm looking out my window right now and all I see is oranges and reds and yellows and I just can't get enough of it. Well, as you know, I live in the area and I was driving around just a couple of days ago and I was really struck at how much the red colors are really starting to come out even on the lakeshore, because, you know, in the middle of the state, it's been beautiful and the fall colors have been coming out for a couple of weeks. But the shoreline communities are always the last to really see the, the big change. So it's starting and we still have a little time to see it, but not too much time. You do this special event every year that we're going to talk about called the Depot to Depot Fall Color Tour. 
We'll talk about that in a bit. But first, I want to kind of talk about what's happening in Muskegon, kind of generically speaking, because because you've had so many changes and so many improvements, especially downtown. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So Muskegon is really, truly just growing, growing, growing. We have a brand new convention center right downtown attached to the newly renovated Delta by Marriott. And around that convention center, we're just seeing more restaurants pop up, breakfast restaurants, lunch restaurants, dinner restaurants. Um, we also have a social social district right downtown. So if you're interested in walking around with a beverage, a lot of our participating bars and restaurants, um, you know, you're able to do that. So it really sets the scene, especially for fall. Well, you still want to enjoy that that crisp autumn weather, and you can do that now <laughs> with a beverage. So lots going on down here. We're uh, coming off of our beach season where we saw big parties on the beach, and, you know, it's just you can't get enough of our white sand. And like you mentioned before, we are some of the last to turn because our uh, wonderful great – lake uh, like michigan kind of dictates our weather so we're seeing all those leaves turn and you can see that in the backdrop with lake michigan right there so it, it's very picturesque right now certainly is and you mentioned pier marquette park one of the uh, beautiful beaches of muskegon and i always recommend when people are in the muskegon area that they make it a point if only just to drive through Pier Marquette Park, even if you don't stop there and walk out on the beach. It's such a beautiful, big uh, beach uh, there. And, of course, Muskegon State Park. You have P.J. Hoffmaster State Park to the southern part of the county. Uh, some beautiful county parks as well. Uh, the The access to the, to the beach is pretty impressive in Muskegon. Is that part of that depot-to-depot depot fall color tour? Do people actually go down to the waterfront as part of that tour? So we don't have any stops down there, but we do go beyond our two depots. And our two depots are the Muskegon Union Depot in downtown Muskegon and the White Lake Train Depot. So we do encourage uh, residents to go down, or visitors and residents to go down to the lakeside area, which is on the way to the beach. And... Um, because of that, a lot of people kind of go down, they do that loop, they get they get the sights in. We also have our lighthouses down there. So we encourage people to um, check out the lighthouses. And like I said, with the channel right off of the Pier Marquette Beach, uh, it's just, you see, this, you see the trees in the state park on the other side of the channel with the lighthouses in the forefront. So it's a great picture opportunity. Certainly is the case. Um, now, of course, that uh, first um, depot that you mentioned, the Muskegon Depot, that's where the Visit Muskegon office is. I think you have one of the coolest offices for convention visitors bureaus in the state. That building is spectacular. Through the pandemic, I know a lot of the office policies have changed, but are people still allowed to come into the lobby of your office? Absolutely. We are currently open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we encourage people to come in, get visitor information. We've got brochures and flyers on local businesses, and it is staffed. So if you have any questions on um, routing through Muskegon County, what the best 
uh, scenic areas are, especially with the tree coverage right now. Um, we certainly encourage visitors to stop in. Well, and I think that's a, a great first stop because you're recommending that people go from the Muskegon Depot to the it's the White House, Whitehall Depot, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. we do have maps that are on our website um, as well as able we can hand them out in the depots and it maps out some of the more scenic tours through the county that you can go from the Muskegon Depot to the Whitehall Depot. Well, and this is a self-guided tour, so I really do recommend you pick up those maps and, or go online to visit muskegon.org. I'm sure you can find out more there. But but one of the um, the, the portions of the route that people will be taking uh, was at one time called the West Michigan Pike Byway. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So the West Michigan Pike Byway goes um, through Muskegon County and it goes south to north. So it includes different attractions. And um, I believe the Muskegon Luge Adventure Sports Park is right along that. So you can stop there. It's a great opportunity now to stop because they have a brand new zip line. And it's a 1,400-foot dual zip line, and you go up to 25 miles an hour over the tree canopy. Yeah. So it's a great opportunity to check out the fall colors from the top versus from the bottom. I was just there recently, and they're already preparing for winter, getting the um, the skating trail all ready to go. They have to rake it of you know, acorns and whatever before they flood it and freeze it and all, but uh, doing all that prep work. But that zip line looked like a lot of fun. And that does, that does kind of meander through the Muskegon State Park. So you're going to have some opportunities to check out some other cool attractions along that route. Are there other um, attractions, so to speak, that people will be seeing as they go from the Muskegon Depot to the Whitehall Depot? Absolutely. So we've got the Hackley Hume Historic Site, and that's in our downtown area, as well as the Muskegon Museum of History and Science. So those are both great museums to stop at. Um, the Hackley and Hume Historic Sites are home restored homes of former lumber barons here in Muskegon. So you can get an idea of what it was like to live in Muskegon um, back in the lumber era. So mm. they've done a really good job at restoring those those homes. Um, then we have a lot of different stores and shops, and we've got bakeries and vintage stores. One of my personal favorites is actually in Montague. It's the Book Nook and Java Shop, and it's a very picturesque bookstore, coffee shop, and bar, and it's right in that quaint setting in Montague. So it's a great opportunity to, you know, enjoy a more small town feel while you're up in Montague. You know, one of the, the horrible things that happened because of um, the pandemic is that we've lost so many small businesses, a lot of restaurants as well. So for mm -hmm. the people who are going from depot to depot, are there still some, some restaurants to visit uh, as well? Oh, definitely. One of our most popular Muskegon County restaurants is actually called Hobo's. And it's right along, right along Whitehall Road. Um, and, you know, you'll always get good food, good service there. There's also the BLT, and that's mm. uh, the oldest restaurant in Muskegon. And um, you have water views there of, uh, of Muskegon Lake, and they're known for their perch. 
Um, yes. So it's a good, it's a definitely a good dinner. Yeah, the BLT, the BLT to locals, the Bear Lake Tavern is a really cool little yep. place. And right along the water there, I know people will really love that. So just one of the, the many uh, places that you're going to want to stop along that uh, route between the various depots, the Muskegon uh, Depot and the Whitehall Train Depot really is a lot of fun. People should check it out. The website to learn more is visitmuskegon.org. Uh, and you'll find out not only about that depot-to-depot tour, but but all the other attractions, all the other interesting things happening in the area. I'm so happy to see what's happening in Muskegon County today. So many cool things to see and do on your next trip to the area. Another really cool area that you're going to want to enjoy before those fall colors are gone is the Leelanau Peninsula. We'll tell you why you want to take the hunt for the Reds of October next on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We've been talking about uh, all these Halloween events, but but we also have all these fall color events that, frankly, are about to start to wind down because we're starting to run out of fall color. We had that fall color start really early this year up in the Keweenaw. Brilliant, brilliant fall colors in the Keweenaw this season. Then it kind of came down through the center of the state. And now we're really starting to see some really great fall color on the lakeshore, um, kind of the shoreline communities. So that includes that Leelanau Peninsula area up in the Traverse City region, where, of course, they have the Leelanau Peninsula Wine Trail. And we're going to find out uh, some reasons why you need to head up there during this month. Right now, by bringing in Nick Hartman. Nick is the managing director of the Leelanau Peninsula Wine Trail. How you doing, Nick? Hey, hey, Dave. How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing okay as well. And in fact, I'm looking forward to being up in your area. I'm heading up uh, in a couple of days. Can't wait to be up there. Um, you know, I, I don't even drink, but I do love the fact that we have uh, such a great wine trail, you know, wine culture in the region, not only the Leelanau, but an old Mission Peninsula in the Traverse City area. Do you have any re- any idea when that all started, how it all started way back then? Yeah, yeah and you know, this is, um, obviously the, the wine region here has been developing, you know, uh, quite a lot over the last few years and the last few decades, actually. Um, you know, the, the first winery that, um, you know, originated here uh, was back in, I'd say, the late 50s to early 60s, um, if I recall correctly. Um, and from there, I mean, it has just boomed crazy. Uh, you know, right now, we actually, on our peninsula specifically, we have 20-plus wineries, and then Old Mission um, actually accounts for about 14 to 15 as well. Yeah. Um, so that's all in the matter of the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, we've grown. So. Well, and, and I'm I'm really not surprised at that number because it may not seem like it when you look at the map, but the Leelanau Peninsula is quite a big area, a lot of land out there, a lot of farms, a lot of grapes growing out there, and uh, other crops. So you've grown that uh, entire peninsula's wine trail, so to speak, uh, quite well in the last few years. What are some of the uh, the wines that we're best known for in the Leelanau Peninsula area? Yeah, so if you're looking at reds, um, definitely we, we excel heavily in the Pinot Noirs and, you know, a lot of the hybrid grapes that we have as well. So things like the Baco Noir, 
um, the Blaufrankisch, to be exact. Um, those, you know, those do excellent up here. And then if you're looking at whites, of course, we have our Rieslings. But, um, you know, what I think is kind of like a hidden secret um, is how well we do with, you know, our German and New Zealand style of wine. So you're solving on Blancs, you're... Um, your Gewürztraminers and things like that. So, um, you know, the thing is with the cool climates, we actually have a really wide range of, you know, varietals that we can grow up here, um, you know, which is it's kind of exciting too. So. Well, with the uh, 45th parallel kind of cutting through the region, I'm sure it makes a big deal of difference and makes it perfect for growing grapes for, for wine. And it's one of the reasons you've been so successful. Now, during the uh, month of October, I know you're doing some really cool things. How 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 is the traffic generally during the weekdays? Is that the best time to to come up to the region? Absolutely, yeah. So you know the weekends are definitely a little heavier, um, just because you know people are off work and you know they have time to travel. But if you can make it out during the weekdays, it's it's excellent. You know it's very very casual to you know drive up you know the M22 uh, road there and you know check out all the sights, the colors, and you know really enjoy the full experience of this area well i'm always the designated driver for our group but if you wanted to uh, take a tour uh, are there various tour groups um that that you can kind of sign up with and uh, head to the leelanau this season there are yeah actually on our website we actually provide a full list of you know the tour companies that you know we work with specifically but um there are a lot of tour companies that you know offer those services they are typically booked out in advance, um, so you kind of have to be, you know, pretty quick about it. Um, but it's really nice, you know, they have these big buses or, you know, even small cars as well, too, that will drive people around. And, um, you know, obviously they know the area very well, so uh, it's kind of convenient in that fact. Yeah, I've, I've actually toured the region uh, in a uh, small motor coach one time. I thought that was a great deal of fun, mm-hmm. a great way to do it. So that, that website you mentioned is LP Wines. Dot com. We'll repeat that a little bit later if you didn't get it, uh, just to make sure. Now, you have uh, this month, during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, you have a promotion called The Hunt for the Reds of October. Love the play on words. Yeah. And, of course, you do still have all those beautiful colors and fall season up there, uh, a little bit later than most areas of the state. What's happening during The Hunt for the Reds of October? Yeah, so the Hunt for the Reds, we actually started this event about five to six years ago. Um, and really the event came because we're trying to promote, um, you know, the reds that we are able to grow here. You know, when, you know, you think of wine or you think of red wine, at least, you know, you really think of, you know, Napa Valley or, you know, French or Italian style wine. So um, this was a really good opportunity for us to, to promote the reds that we are able to do and we do, you know, very well. Uh, but this event goes on Monday through Friday throughout the entire month of October. Um, and what you get with that is a larger pour of red wine selected by um, all the wineries, a part of our organization. <clears throat> so, um, you know, for $35 per ticket, you get to go to all the wineries, you know, that are participating, which is 20 plus, um, and enjoy what red wine they're featuring for the month. Now, of course, the Leelanau Peninsula Wine Trail might not include all of the wineries in the Leona, but you've you got a lot of them. And you, you do these special fun um, activities here and there. Um, where do people uh, get the the maps, so to speak, to make sure they're going to the right places? Yeah, so maps are, so we have a digital copy on our website, of course. Uh, and then we also have a physical brochure, which includes a map. And you can collect those at 
um, you know, any of the wineries on the peninsula. And there, there's also various places as well. Um, you know, some of the hotels and, you know, outlets in town, um, specifically Traverse City, will hold them as well. So, Well, and you mentioned 22, M22, beautiful drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter any time of the year, but especially right now. And I always recommend people take that that M22 drive if they're just looking for beautiful scenery. And there are some of the wineries that are right on 22, but not a lot of them, right? Most of them are kind of in the interior. Yeah, and that's a, you know that is kind of the challenge with the Leelanau Peninsula, but also the great thing as well. Um, you know, a lot of these wineries are scattered amongst you know the peninsula, and like you said earlier, it, it is a pretty vast um, region. Uh, which is kind of nice. I mean, you get a whole lot of different aspects being able to travel, you know, to all these little micro regions. Uh, you know, obviously Sleeping Bear Dunes is included in that, uh, Glen Arbor, Fishtown, things of that. Um, so it's really nice. You know, M22 is, is great. You, know, you get that nice coastal drive, uh, but really exploring into the peninsula is where you find, you know, those hidden gems. Yeah, I, I recently drove all the way up to Northport. I haven't done that for a long time, and I'd forgotten how beautiful that drive is and then how beautiful that that little town is. Really well worth the drive as part of the experience. Uh, how long would you recommend people plan to take their tour? Um, if they're coming either uh, you know Monday through Friday for the Hunt for the Reds of October event or if they're coming in those busiest, busier weekend days, how long do you think people should plan to take? Yeah, and so it's uh, it's kind of different, right? So the Hunt for the Reds, um, you know, it's nice because it's a leisurely laid-back event. Um, you know, you're not pressed for any, like, you know, time constraints or anything like that. So, you know, it's kind of more relaxed, and you can really, you know, plan that trip, you know, a couple days to a week in advance. Um, and, you know, make sure that, you know, what wineries you want to go to or look at, you can, you know, just plan out plan that out. Uh, if you're coming for the weekend, unfortunately, just because there is so much to do, um, I would really recommend just checking into all the resources available and just making sure you kind of have a schedule and some timelines, you know, set for yourself. Um, of course, our website is, you know, has plenty of resources, but, you know, looking at other entities like um, TC Tourism, uh, the Tart Trail, those websites as well will really, you know, help provide a lot of resources. All makes sense and a lot of fun. The website, lpwines.com. Thanks to Nick Hartman for joining us today. I can't believe, but the time is done and it's time for us to take off. So we'll talk to you next week on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.